Hello, I have Dale Brendan Hyde with me. Um, hiya Dale, would you like to introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about yourself? Yeah, hiya Donna, nice to speak to you again. Uh, my name is Dale Brendan Hyde, I'm a crime fiction writer. Um, I write crime autobiographical, I write poetry, short stories, self-help books. Uh, done a couple of sort of biographies that have not been published yet, but the manuscripts are written. Um, crime again and I'm just working on a short story which is like a screenplay style it's like a phone conversation and then I'm and then I've got another novel that I wrote about three years ago that is about halfway done that I'm sort of back working on now so that's what I'm up to. Fabulous and we are here to talk about Stitched. Yeah Stitched. Do you have a copy to hand actually? Yeah. To show off? Uh, yeah, organized, I'm impressed. yeah, I've got one here. I was just flicking through it then before you. That's the back of it. The um, the foreword of it is written by, he's a, you know, he's a reformed gangster now, but he's a, you know, he's very well documented. Stephen French called him the devil. You know, he were um, he were a big sort of tax of drug dealers in Liverpool in the 80s and 90s but he's a lot more than that he's like world champion kickboxer and he's like a gun he's like a gun uh, anti-gun knife campaigner you know he speaks in universities he's got documentaries with millions you know he's got millions and millions of views on sort of like high profile documentaries online and TV and you know he's on Netflix with stuff and his, his book his book called The Devil were written by um I always forget like stuff like this when I'm just about to say it. Graham Johnson, who's like a you know he's a award-winning journalist. You know the the devil what a, a, a you know a massive selling book um, is all about. So it was nice for Stephen to sort of he, he did it to give me some backup because the subject as you've read is about Ray and like being falsely accused of Ray. So Stephen had had like trouble. When he was, you know, he had similar trouble with certain different things, so he knew what it was like, and he just wanted to give me some clout, really, you know, like on the front of the book, you know, put put something out there, as if, you know, to say, um, especially like I said, because most of my background and my readers that are following me are like crime, so it it's helped like having somebody like that on the front, whereas on my other crime fiction books. I have like more right, more just like crime writers like quoting me stuff. Uh, yeah. And obviously, the difference with this is it's true and it's your story. So. Yeah. Yeah. I think I think I think like you've read the Incron. So I think like when I when I read my, the the Incron on my debut crime fiction, I, I think when people have read the Incron and then when they've read Stitched, when I say to them that I think in a way. I was probably trying to write Stitched when I was writing the Incron, but it it was too painful to do it, and it become a fictional book. So it's all instead of the prison, it's asylum. It, the revenge sort of stuff at the end is like, you know, obviously how I felt when I, you know, I'm going back years. You know, like I said, over time things have mellowed to the point of like not forgiveness. All these people that like will say, you know, you need to forgive. There's some things that can't be forgiven. You know, I kind of forget most of the time about it. That's about the level I'd go with something where someone's accused you of something like rape and it's been a miscarriage of justice and it's caused you so much trouble. This has gone on for like 
like I've documented in the book, it's gone on for over 25 years. Not, you know, the prison time were one thing, but the, the, the most of the problems have been when you've been released and the re readjustments back into society and the stigma that's come with the word. And that's why I wrote the book in the end, because I was that sick of sort of people who using it against me as a weapon. It was like, they couldn't find any, like, chink in my armour. And that's the only thing anybody can sort of, like, push my button about. So it was, you know, I'd not only gone through it in the first place, I was getting it thrown back at me to be used against me, to try to hurt me or to try to diminish me or to try to slander me or to try to, you know, just, like, dirty my name, dirty my character, ruin my reputation. People have tried to ruin my writing career through it. You know, I've been through all these things with it, and it's uh, so. So I thought, right, I'm going to put it out. I'm going to, you know, like I said, it's not. It's not just written like this happened to me. I'm Dale, and this happened to me. It's documented all the way through. With like the, the the court papers and the the royal court papers and the biggest judges in the country let me free. You know, Lord Stoughton, um, Sir William McPherson, who did the uh, Stephen Lawrence case. You know, this Stephen who got stabbed and murdered you know he, he you know um that judge wrote like the paper on that which is one of the most like high profile like court documents that, that exists it's you know it's one of the most important court documents so they weren't just like wallies that sort of let me out you know it won't like some people you know they think oh you, you might have got out on some technicality what it was nothing like that all oh, i should have got out of crown court i shouldn't have even gone to crown court i shouldn't have even have left the police station it, it shouldn't have gone anywhere. This case, when you break it down and when you hear what's gone on, this isn't just a, this isn't just one of these. Did you rape somebody, or didn't you rape somebody, or is there some sort of grey area? This is nothing at all like that. This is a proper miscarriage of justice where a monkey should have been able to get you out of this, and somehow it all went wrong. And I'll put my faith in the system, and the system let me down, and it just you know chilled me up and spat me out basically. And it, like I said, I felt it was important to put this book out there. You know, I've had people who've reviewed it and said it's a brave book to write. And, you know, it's, um, it was difficult to write it. You know what I mean? It, it's not an, it wasn't easy to go. It, it, you know, I've talked about it over the years in, in, in portions. And you just, when you've had enough, you go, look, I don't want to speak about this anymore. And I kind of shut down and changed the subject. Like, right, you know, I can totally like shut the door on it. But when it, when it comes like anybody, you know, like say, when you, researching and you're writing a book and you're totally in the moment and you've got to stay in that moment for it took me a year to do it i wrote it on the first lockdown so it was difficult you know what i mean it, you know going back to bed you know it, it bringing out all sorts of emotions and you know dragging up all sorts of things that i you know i thought i'd dealt with but you only kind of put a lid on them the lids bubbling away it's not exactly secure <laughs> in that sense, do you know what I mean? So, yeah, that's... I mean, you've just read it, like, this this today, I think, or yesterday and today. What's, what's your initial reaction from it, first of all? There's a few things that struck me. Firstly, you were very young when this all kicked off, and the fact that it's still impacting you now is just shocking. Then there's the court case and the absolute shocking handling of that. Like you say, it shouldn't have ever got as far as it did. No, and, no. you know, you mentioned your co-accused and, and the secret, but 
I don't even think that that was relevant, really. It was no, the it fact wasn't. that they yeah. didn't have any evidence from her. And, you know, so it shouldn't have ever, you know, that I, I don't understand how they couldn't see that. And even the jury, but that's a... When it happened, when it happened, Donna, like the jury for me, like maybe I were reading into the jury's body language a little bit, but you, you're desperate for some sort of sign of like anybody like, are you are you taking this in? Are you taking in this? It was like being in some kind of watching some kind of play. And but I kind of felt out an outer body experience. At times I thought I had to kind of remind myself, like, shit, this is happening to me right now. You know, this is like, you know, it would have been interesting to watch from an outsider's point of view, but this was my life at 20 years old and it was, you know, 1920, you know, to get, you know, I got like eight years in prison for summer, three month, you know, like I said, you know, like there's things in it, like where we, you know, I tried to escape the crown court, you know, and then I, and then because of that action, you know, it wasn't just like starting a prison sentence as if it wasn't bad enough starting a prison sentence for, for something you've not done. Mm -hmm. Also with that charge going into prison, mm -hmm. I'm pretty sure, Anybody watching this can understand if you walked into prison with that charge, you're not exactly flavoured at month. So you've got that to deal with, with the stigma of it already. Like I said, it's not just somebody online saying, oh, you you know, you're this. People in there might want to kill you, stab you, shoot, you know, throw hot water on your face. You know, you're going to get a lot of abuse in, in, in that sense with, with things. So that doesn't help. But it would also start in the sentence on the escapee list. So you're totally locked down. You've got no visits, you've got no phone calls, you've got like a dog that takes you everywhere, you're on like cat A, you, with all the sort of, you know, you, you really like think, shit, all of a sudden I've gone from laid in my bed and it was Saturday morning, Sunday morning, to I'm like this 13 month old man that's been crazy. I expected that were bad enough, but I expected to go home after the trial, the trial to go wrong and the jury to go, you're guilty and think, how, how have you? found me guilty with what you've just heard. I, I have no idea. And then all of a sudden you're like in the big boy prisons. You're in, you're in and you're with like people who you've just thought, you only have read about maybe in newspapers on TV. You know, you can be going for your cup of tea and there's so-and-so then you think, shit, that's, you know, he's like, he's killed like loads of people. He's killed loads of people. He's like chopped somebody's bleeding head off. He's like blown somebody up. He's, you, you like with these people and you're just a young boy you know really just a boy like I said if it happened now I don't know like if the you know I, I don't think I'd allow them to it wasn't that I allowed them to do it to me but at that age I kind of just felt I was trapped and I just had to go along with it whether I'd be able to you know I don't know they'd have to nail me, nail me to the floor to stop me just saying listen this is bullshit I'm going home I'm walking out of here mate you're not going to stop me I'm going home I'm not I'm not playing this game, you know, but obviously, like I said, when you're 20 years old and you're dealing with things like this, it's um, it's an heavy an heavy burden on your shoulder. You know, the world world feels like it's on your shoulders at that point. You know, well, you're at the mercy of so many people, and at every point, those people let you down. Which yeah. you know, at every point, not just one or two, but you know, the lawyers, the judge that summed up the case. The yeah. prison, except for the odd person here and there, everyone just took that guilty verdict and then treated you accordingly as they would, I guess. But yeah, you this is it. And you were 20, you know. 20, and yeah, that's okay. what I mean. We think that we're grown up 
and we're not, are we? So you've only just sort of left school, you know, like like say you only got to go like three, four years back. You're just you're still in high school, you know. You're just a kid, you know. You're a young man, maybe. Do you know what I mean? But you know, like I said, luckily, and th- this is the only thing where I'd ever say like it's a it's a positive to have been in prison. But I'd been in prison before for for robbing, so that was the only saving grace that I knew the ropes of prison. I knew some people in prison. When I like first went got back remanded, the first few people I saw were like, Oh, I can't believe you're back in here, Dale. And I were like, I know. And they were like, I can't believe you're back in here for like robbing and stuff still. And I'm like, it's not for robberies, it's for rape. And they were like, no fucking way. Sorry for swearing. But they were like, no, you know, they were like, no, no chance. And I'm like, I'm telling you. And I and I'd I'd show like once once I sort of like got some of the paperwork and some of the stuff that had been said in the interviews and people reading some of the stuff even screws in prison will reading and saying what's going on with you what's going on with this like why are you even here what are they doing everybody will everybody will say obviously you got like the sadistic types that love it and can feel that you're trapped and it's their chance to bully you and, and abuse you you know but you're going to get that in you know but like i said it's magnified you know you're going to get that in any type of maybe work but when you're like in a cell as a young lad and you're in for a rape charge and you've got screws that have been like 30, 40 years and they're pissed off, you know what I mean? And they don't want to be there anymore. And they just take their, you know, they're having a bad day. You're getting it. You're getting it took out on you. And unfortunately, you know, so that again, it, it has that effect again. You think, Jesus Christ, I'm already sat in a cell and I shouldn't be sat in a cell. And now I'm getting fucking shit from, you know, people that are supposed to be here to guard me you're getting that then you've got the other prisoners like like I said it won't much really but like I put in the book of probably the worst thing like I said some of the things it's like it still haunts me do you know what I mean like I think how can somebody do that to me they don't know me I've had like people throw like urine in my face you know like at a gate like I said if gate hadn't been there you know I might have been like I might have never got out of prison because I was so Enraged, do you know what I mean? Somebody sort of slide up on me and went, Oh, hey, mate. And I went, What? They went, Oh, you, you know, just the dirt, you know, the oh, he's on, he's on that wing for like that. Just like chucked a cup of just straight in my face. You know, that, that to me were like low points, you know, like where you think, I just, you know, like I said, it's all that sort of the prison sort of thing. But to me, there were more stuff that happened as well once you get out and the stigma of it, it it, sat, it sort of goes on. I think I put in the book the first thing when I got out of London, when they, when they acquitted me at the, at the Royal Courts, then I come out. Like I said, there were all the drama with the IRA blowing everything up on, on the way down there, the IRA blowing stuff up on the day, trying to blow up just that road. That added to it all. You're thinking, Christ, this is all a bit surreal, you know what I mean? Again, you're still only early 20s, when you're getting out, so you're still not like some mature, you know, I'm definitely matured going through it. You know, I went in a boy, come out a man, definitely. But, you know, again, it added to the drama. But, um, like I said in the book, coming back, the first, I went straight, you know, if, if people think, well, what did you do? The first thing I did was went, went to the newspaper. I went straight to the Wakefield Express where I'd had somebody, I'd had this thing ripped out and I thought, right, as soon as I get out of here, I'm going to speak to you, mate, what you put in paper. You know, and I went straight to speak to him. He wasn't there. Nobody were there. This little old woman pressing the buzzer. She's come there. What's it about? Told her, oh, it's about, you know, been, um, just been acquitted for rape in London and I want to speak to this journalist. Oh, yeah, I'll go see if he's about. 
and just like disappeared. 10 minutes, you sort of been polite. 15 minutes, you're thinking, bring it buzzing again. 20 minutes later, I'm thinking, you know, I'm sort of like leaning over a bit and going, hello, is anybody there? You know, and 25 minutes later, I'm thinking, she's just like gone in back and shut the centre away and thought. And that's, and I remember sort of coming out back onto High Street and thinking, this ain't over. This this is not over. This is this could just be beginning. Like this, that what first sort of outside reaction I got with her for the stigma of that words just hit me. And 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 again, like I said, it's it, there's been points in my life where it's just come and just crashed back into my life, and you think, will it ever like leave completely? I don't know. I guess I didn't bother wanting it to leave now because I thought, right, I'm gonna put it out in my own way. So that if anybody's got any doubts, get that read. You know, don't like say sly things online to me or don't put little comments or don't gossip about me. If you've got something to say to me, say it to me first. I won't bite your head off if you've got a question for me. I might be passionate about how I, how I answer you, but I'm not what, you know, I'm not some nutter that's just, you know, like I said, I've been through it, but. You know, to me, I re- rehabilitated myself the first time I went in prison, which was what annoyed me even more because I'd already done what the prison wanted you to do and rehabilitate yourself. I didn't come out. I've never robbed anybody again from being 17 and going in prison at 18. I've never committed that crime ever again. So I guess I, I, I learned my lesson and, and wanted to do something better with myself. And then as soon as I'd, like, decided that and did, done all the hard work in prison on the first time to come out and think, right, I, I am capable of moving on. I don't need to do this. I, I made a big mistake. Then I, then bang, back in. Chuck straight in with the Lions. Um, yeah. I sometimes go off on one, Donna, because like, like I said, there's that much to it. It's so complicated, some of it, and the emotions with it, you just, you, you know, like I said, I have to stop myself just to, if, if it sounds like I've just forgot what I'm saying, it's not. I just have to sometimes stop because I can just ramble on about it really but I'm not it's you know I put myself down saying I'm rambling it's not rambling you know I'm, I'm coherent I know what I'm saying it's not that I, you know I can back up all the facts and I've got all the facts luckily I've got all the facts and like I said my my barrister who defended me it were useless but again I think there were other things going on behind the scenes and uh, but he's now a, a crown court judge you know what I mean and he sports me in like I said, he's only had two proper miscarriages of justice in all his career as a long barrister and now a judge at Leeds Crown Court. And I'm one of his uh, miscarriages of justice. So, you know, I don't I don't really need much more than people like Lord Stoughton saying there's something serious wrong with his case, you're free to go. Or like a Crown Court judge saying, saying you've definitely had a miscarriage of justice, mate. You know, I don't know what we can do to help you, but, you know, in my opinion, you this is, like I said, it's not just a black and white with a bit of grey. What's gone on? It's a well. You've read it yourself. You've just read it. You can't. You can't understand how it can happen. But I guess any miscarriage of justice is like that. You think how how do these things happen? The law sometimes totally backfires. It's as a meltdown, and innocent people get like just sucked into it, and you know the need to. I don't know how to stop it happening. Like I say, they in 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 their sort of view, whoever they are, but in their type of view, the authorities they'll say, well, it doesn't happen that much. The system works in general. 
fair enough, the system works in general, but, you know, <laughs> you know, for them people that want to make that big, broad, sweeping statement, let them go in prison then with a rape charge. Let them, like, go away from the family. Let them, like, live in prison in absolute squalor, in dungeons, no, no, you know, I've been in some horrible, horrible places and you think, oh, you know, it's bad enough if you'd have done something and you maybe deserved it, but even under them condition, conditions, you still think, this is pretty terrible, it's pretty bad, this. Even though I deserve it, it's pretty bad, but when you don't deserve it and you're in them conditions and you're under that sort of scrutiny and you're under that sort of stress levels and, and it's like serious every, like, charges and time, you know, you've got a card, you go back to your door and it says, like, you know, eight years, three months, you think, how am I doing eight years and three months for, for I don't know. But yeah, and the, the thing that strikes me as well is you think, would that happen today? And you think probably, yeah, you know, nothing oh. really in, in the time since then, but 1994, wasn't it, or just around? Yeah, 94 yeah, to 96, yeah. And would that happen today? Probably, you know, even with advances in technology, yeah. It's still all down to the... Um, well, this is another reason why I put the book there, because I thought if, the, if, it, if, if anybody's can find the book who's going through this and it gives them any sort of, like, light at the end of the tunnel to think, well, you know, I, I'm reading about a guy that's been to the bottom and got somehow got him sent... You know, like I said, the, we, you could go on to the cancer. I mentioned the cancer in the book. I don't know whether it you know, attributed to developing that, do you know what I mean? Because, <coughs> excuse me, I just think when you're sort of told, you know, they do these experiments with people, don't they? You know, you could take two people, it's like a plant in it, even just with a plant, they've done it, you can have a two plants and somebody can like stroke it and say nice things to it and it'll grow and, and you can like shout at another plant and, and say you're rubbish and you're going to die. And it'll wither away and die. It reacts. Your body reacts. Your mind, your thoughts, you know. And I thought, to me, when, like I said, I'd got myself proper back on my feet when the cancer kicked in. Uh, it was just another kick in the teeth. I thought, I really aren't getting... Life just won't seem to let me just get on, you know. It was like, at that point, I thought, I can't believe this. But I did, I did, I did think it might have had a big part to play in it, the stress of it all. Definitely. We talk at the end about wanting to set up a charity um, to help other, because like you said, when you came out, there weren't cameras, there wasn't a big fuss. You know, you no. just walked out of the court free and that was it. And, yeah. and the chances are there are, what, hundreds or thousands of other people going through the same? All over the world in different prisons, there's somebody sat, you know, there's people, male, female, young kids, you know, whatever, old people, there's people sat there just getting on with the time thinking this is just another day and I shouldn't be here you know and it just times you just sort of get sucked into the system you kind of even some probably just accept it and think well I ain't done it but I'm not getting out so just get on with it you know so it, like yeah the victims of uh, injustice damage void were like something I'm trying to the reason I'm trying to write it's like sometimes when when anybody ever tries to trip me up when I'm trying to develop me writing and make a career and try to make some good money the, what the tripping up is me trying to establish things like void do you know what I mean like that's how I see them I think cheers you know 
this isn't an ego thing for me with the writing. I don't want a Ferrari, you know. Maybe I've had a Ferrari. You don't know, do you? Who knows what I've had? Or what It doesn't matter. But what I'm saying is, you know, I'm trying to do something with the books. To, to it, I'm not just going to sit in this writing bubble forever. I've got things to say. I've got, I'm, I'm hard working. I'm ready to crack on. I need some help in the industry to move forward to get to the point where you're making a good uh, living out of it. So then I can like then live and also then start pushing some like parts of it money wise towards other things that are going to help other people. That's what I want to do. If people want to, like I said, there's not, I get loads of support, but there's definitely been a couple of people. And again, it's probably down to this rumor, stigma, whatever you want to call it. You know, people are too quick to judge people, especially with this type of thing. It's like we said before we come on air, how can I, people say, just move on. How can I just say to you flippantly, we're just chatting away. I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, oh, I forgot to say Donna years ago, I was done for rape. I was convicted of a, a rape and that, but I didn't do it. And then I got out and I moved on. And you'd be like, you know, you'd want to know, people want to know a bit more. So then I have to start, and then I can't just explain a little bit. So then you start feeling like, so then you open up and then it's all, you know, before I know it, I'm explaining everything about it. And I think, you know, I'm sick of explaining it. Just go and read, you know, like I said, anybody's got any, uh, whatever, you know, not even anybody, not even anybody who's got any problem or any rumour or whatever, any, anybody that's ever thought, well, I've kind of heard something like that. And I don't know about it. Go and read it. But that, you know, that's not the audience I'm looking for. I'm looking for people that are interested in true crime, real life scenarios, you know, it's like some of the people that quote me on my fiction stuff. You know, they've already put on me on my fiction stuff. You know, I'm like a crime writer. You know, other crime writers can only dream of like the authenticity of some of the things I've been through. They might read books or go visit some. You know, they might do some, watch a documentary. They might have read a book. They might have even gone and stood outside of prison. I've been like in the depths, in the bowels of these places. Do you know what I mean? I know what it's like day to day living in these places. And I know what it's like to sort of crack up in a way. You know, I know what it's like to think, you know, on the verge of maybe wanting to, you know, commit serious crimes, you know. You know, there's no point. Like I said, people might think, oh, you, you know, you're talking crazy. But, you know, the reality of it is, you know, at times going through this, there's times where I thought, you know, I could, fuck, I could murder somebody. You know, you, you feel like you could murder somebody because your emotions have been... You, you've been prodded that much. It's a natural, you know, you, you then you reel yourself in and think, Christ, what am I thinking? What am I thinking? Because really, who, who you were before this is, is not, you know, you, you're moulded into thinking a different way. And then people kind of take a bit of offence to it. If you come across a little bit like, a bit raw, you know, you think, I don't know how you'll be if you went through this. I don't know what would be left of your original character if you had to build up this like barrier to get safely through these things where you could be killed and you could be really hurt, you know what I mean? You could be like raped yourself in prison. Imagine that, you know, can imagine like going on, imagine being like you're having a miscarriage of justice for the rape that you didn't do. And then you've been raped in prison yourself because people think you're a rapist. That's like irony on a high level. I can't, you know, like I said, you can't, um, it's not, me write stuff I'm writing, it's not 
It's not simple stuff. You know, it needs to be read because people, I think anything that I'm writing, if you're crime writing, I think you, you, you'd learn some by re reading my things, you know, even if it's not, even if it's not, not what to do, but I think there's stuff in there that, like I say, you can't, you can't learn it. You've got to go through it. So in that sense, I'm, I'm glad I'm, I'm glad I'm still here. I'm glad I didn't kill myself. I'm glad I didn't kill someone else. I'm glad I like didn't totally lose the plot. I'm glad I kind of managed to get through it all, stay alive, beat cancer, and carry on writing and try to like keep putting stuff out there that I think people might be interested in, in the true crime. And then, like I said, when I go to like writing crime fiction, I, I can, you know, the, the, the past then becomes, um, you know, it's like a, a toolbox to dip into. You know, it's not an hindrance to me, like where I've always thought in the past, like when I've gone for jobs, I can't get a job. Somebody gives you a list of like, what what, what you've been doing for the past 15 years? Uh, I've had my head up my ass. <laughs> you can't write that down on form, can you? Because they just think, well, I'm not giving you a job, mate. You're like, well, I'm all right, really. I'm an hardworking person. I'm a good guy, really. But yeah, my head's oh, me. Why has your head been up your ass? Well, I got put in prison for rape. <laughs> Can you, imagine, can you imagine trying to fill in an application form as me? Like, sometimes it passed. It's not easy, you know? Like So, like I said, I think that pushed me to, right, I'm going to write. I want to write. I've always loved reading. I've always been creative. You know, I think it's just naturally what I always should have been, but it's, it's just I've had to sort of go through things before it's like, right, this is what I'm going to do, you know? Um, yeah. So if anyone watching does want to go and get your book, where can they? And then if they want to talk to you about it afterwards, where can they find Yeah, of course. You? Like anybody can just, like I said, <laughs> Dale Brendan Hyde on Facebook, you can just message me. I'll always answer you back. Um, all my stuff's on Amazon. Stitch is on Amazon. Um, paperback, just Kindle at the minute. I'm with a publisher in the Philippines at the minute. I'm trying to move to a publisher in America. Um, I've, I've tried a few sort of British publishing companies and it's but they're only like the good ones the top top ones and I've had a few knockbacks um, I've just had like stitched in the inkling in like an acquisition meeting with uh, Adlib you know like it used to be John Blake um, but again they thought that they had like two or three years with a stuff lined up that was not similar but in that vein so they didn't they didn't want to sort of give me a they didn't want to go with it but I've never had, I haven't had any knockbacks where people say, look, mate, I'd, you know, I'd, I'd have a go at driving bus for a living. You're not right, it's not for you. I've had really good, very positive, polite, sorry, it's just not for us. But, you know, we wish you all luck in future, mate, and you'll definitely find someone. You, there's definitely a lot of stuff, credible stuff in your work, but it's just not for us at this time, or we're busy with stuff, you know. That's all at the minute. So, yeah, just... Um, just on Amazon. I, I, like I said, I'm with a company in the Philippines at the minute, but I, I were hoping that I'd open up a, more of the Asian market, but it's not done. It's not. So, again, you know, again, I'm not one of these that wants to come on and, yeah, everything's great, everything's doing, you know, reality is best, you know, like, people don't know, you know, if you, if you lie about what level you're at, nobody knows, like, what level they need to come down to help you or whether they need to push it up or whether I can pull somebody up myself or, you know, we're all on different levels in, in like this writing game and we're all trying to get to where we can make a living. And, you know, like I said, it's important to me to make a living so I can go on and do something else. You know, I'm trying to do documentaries with this stitch, you know, like um, 
when you said, I'll just like sort of finish on it, like when you said coming out of the appeal courts at London, you sort of watch these films like In the Name of the Father, you, the, you know, you see on the news like the, the Birmingham Six, the Guildford Four, they, they come out to all the reporters and all this. When I come out, there were nobody there. You know, there was nothing there at all. I come out and thought, it's just like surreal. It's like, right, just got to find the train home. What, what's the train times? Got to get the train from London back to Wakefield. You know, so when I started like sort of writing a bit of a script for it, um, the start of it is sort of like a, a big law book just going bang and all this like dust flies out of it. You know, like ancient dust flies out. And then it like starts with the music and then it's like running down the steps the like wooden steps that you come down, all this faded light green steps at the Royal Courts of Appeal, down to the dungeon, then out. And then there's all the microphone stands there. But again, there's nobody there, but all the microphone stands are there. And then I kind of blast through them all, scatter them all over the shop as if to say, there should have been reporters here, this should be reported, but there's nobody here. But the symbols are like reporting's there, but there's no physical person to say, what happened, mate? So I smash all that out of the way run down the steps, and then, like I say, a little bit flash, I like jumping my mates like right nice Bentley, and he says, where you want to go? And then a bit of dialogue, and we zoom off down the strand. That's how it starts, like, with the documentary, what I've been working on. But, yeah, there's all sorts, like I say, it's easy to pick things out of the book, and, you know, for if you wanted to find scenes where you want to film things, you know, there's 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 a lot of action that can be found, um, <laughs> different things, like I say. Yes, there is. And I could talk to you all night, but unfortunately I can't. So Yeah, I'm the same, yeah. I will say thank you very much. And also, as you yeah. said, I just literally finished it before we started talking. So I will yeah. write my review and share it in my group. Yeah, I really I appreciate you reading it. Like I said, it's not a, it's not an easy book to read because it can it can make you angry like reading it, you know, like and it can make you like quite I don't know. I've had people like say it's, I've been in tears like reading it and I've been like proper about to put it down and have a pace about and you know but what what are books for you know we want to open up you know I don't want a book that just like you read it think, oh that one oh, yeah what a good story yeah oh there's some good twist plots yeah it wasn't bad what's the next book I want a book that stays here you know like you know if a book don't like hit you proper in your heart or in your brain then it's not to me it's not you know, yeah, it's a book, but they're not the books that are on my bookshelf. You know what I mean? The things that are on my bookshelves are books that you can read over your lifetime. You'll always be able to pick them up. And and there's always something new you'll find in them as well. You know, if there's a depth to them, this they should always like offer up some sort of new information as you read along. Next time you read, you think, oh, I missed that. Or I see it again, maybe your life's changed and you can view it in a different way. How how you read, you know. Like books we've read when we're young, innit? You can read them when you're a little bit older and they're, they're totally mean a different thing. So, yeah. But thanks for reading it. F thanks for speaking about it, Donna. That's all right. It's my pleasure. I'll, um, when I post my review, I'll put the link as well. So thank if you. anyone likes the sound of it, then they can just go straight and get it. And thank you. <laughs> thank you. Right. See you later, love.